Hello and welcome to Bread and Thread, a podcast about food and domestic history. I'm Liz. And I'm Hazel. We are two friends who studied archaeology together and love history and making things um, and trying out making historical things and also eat- eating food. I'm sorry, I'm very tired this week. But we normally <laughs> start food. <laughs> we normally start by talking about what we have been making and are baking. Uh, so go ahead, what have you been up to? Um, I have been giving Tunisian crochet another go. Oh, exciting. So during April, I had COVID again. Mm. And my mum's very lovely response to this was, I bought you this big pack of yarn. <laughs> That's such a good like care package. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I finally cracked that open. Um, it now being mid-May, but, you know, I have large projects that I'm working on, and also I had COVID. So I'm Tunisian crocheting a shrug for myself. Ooh, what out it, of? Um, it's, it's just some acrylic from Aldi, but it's a nice kind of tangerine colour. Cool. And, yeah. It's it's basically a rectangle, which I have done before because I did a scarf. Mm-hmm. But then I'm going to fold it over and sew it and then try and do short rows of a different colour just out of my stash to do little cuffs and probably like a little lapel. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds really nice. It should be good and it will be cosy. Yeah. What have you been up to? Uh, not that much. Um, I'm on placement again and I have to travel, like, uh, give or take two hours there and two hours back. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, I don't, I'm very tired. Um, <laughs> that was a trek. Yeah, but it's only for, for seven weeks. Um, and then I can go back to hashtag student life. Um, except I'm going straight into my dissertation anyway. <laughs> Um, I am, um, I do have a lot of train time, so <laughs> I have been spinning on the train. Um, I can't... Of you've been spinning on the train. <laughs> Is that unusual? I have no frame of reference. Yes. <laughs> but also, you seem the type. <laughs> I'll take that label. <laughs> Um, it's, it's the natural progression from crocheting in lectures is just spinning on the train. Yeah, I mean, absolutely no one has remarked on it or even noticed. I think just like people on trains at half past six in the morning don't care about anything. And they're right. That's <laughs> not a good time to be on a train. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. Hallucinating it. I did see some deer out of the train. Not the other morning. That's cool. Um, oh, and there's a llama out farm. The train, not on the train, right? But <laughs> yeah, there's an al- like either llama or alpaca. I'm not sure. Um, I like not farm, but like that somebody's got some South American fluffy animals, <laughs> and I can see those from the train too, and it's great. <laughs> What was I talking about? Oh yeah, uh, making stuff. Yeah, spinning, spinning. I've been spinning my um, yellow wool that I dyed with onion skin and dandelion. Uh, and I'm spinning it on my new Turkish spindle. I can't remember if I talked about it last time. I think you did. I did, okay. Yeah, so I'm continuing with that and that's basically all that I've been up to uh, since we last recorded. Uh, but it's nice. Um, it is it is very c- kind of nice. Just like watching, it's a nice journey. There's a lot of like, um, you know, green spaces and fields and things. So I just watch that go by, and and I spin a little, and I try not to fall asleep. It's fun. <laughs> it's a good travel um, spindle because it's really light. Um, but yeah. So um, this 
might be a little shorter episode than usual and it's going to be quite a relaxed one i haven't done a huge amount of like researching basically it's going to be a flip through of an interesting book that um i happen to have and sort of a live podcast reaction if you will (laughs) (laughs) what what book is it two history nerds react to home notes 1906 compilation (laughs) (laughs) what would we do a reaction video to though um i know popular archaeology articles oh oh that i just got like flashbacks to some of the ones i've read no (laughs) no (laughs) um ancient aliens are you trying to hurt me? Would that be too that that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a family show, would it? That <laughs> would not. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, this is a book that has been in the family for a while. Um, it is an annual um of a magazine. So it's a monthly magazine called Home Notes and it's all of the issues for that year compiled into like a hardback book. Um, Home Notes was a women's magazine in the late 19th, early 20th century. Um, or although in fact it was, it started in 1894 and it ran until 1958, which... Um, I didn't go in. It is. I didn't realize it ran quite so long um, at first, uh, but yeah. Then I I looked it up for this episode, and it it did run all the way until 1958, which is was quite remarkable. Um, and as you might guess from the title, um, it was kind of aimed at middle class or like aspiring middle class women. Um, it it says according to this it was founded by sir arthur pearson first baronet um with with the aim of competing in the penny magazine market so i i can assume that it cost one penny um which was as a a respectable sum back then yeah, uh, and it get a whole book of <laughs> horrible murders for that (laughs) exactly (laughs) Uh, which depending on your point of view might have been better reading Uh, but there are some absolute gems in this book Uh, now as I said it has been in the family for a while Um, actually as far as I know it was collected by my great grandmother this is Ida Fish, who is becoming a regular on this podcast. Friend of the podcast, Ida Fish. <laughs> um, and I'm not really sure why she bought it. I've I've got a feeling she probably bought it at like a a jumble sale or something. Apparently, that was like a thing she liked to do was like go around the jumble sales and the secondhand places and like you know um get some some deals um and i'm not really sure why she bought it because this is a very it's a very like a kind of late victorian um upper middle class aspirational magazine like it's got articles on like how to deal with your servants and society gossip pages and um stories about nice young ladies who end up marrying aristocrats <laughs> it's... okay so it's it's like the mrs beaton's but as a magazine yeah kind of and she was like a pretty ardent um like working class anti upper classes suffragette who like she left what like many rural girls she went 
into service at the age of 13. She was a children's maid. And it basically made her, like, hate the rich for the rest of her life. Um, She rage quit the WI because the local lady of the manor was trying to control it. So, I don't know. Maybe this was just, like, nostalgia for her. You know, maybe she bought it when she was older and it, like, reminded her of the the days of her youth. I don't know. Um, Maybe it was espionage. (laughs) Maybe it was. Um, We actually, a fun tangent, we actually still have her basket that she took with her when she went away to be a servant at 13. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, <laughs> so I can only assume she was like leafing through this and chuckling to herself. But uh, much as we are about to do, <laughs> <laughs> because there are some great things in here. Um, so I'm just going to have a little bit of a th- flip through. And see what we find. There's a couple of things that I've bookmarked. Um, and this is for... Uh, ni- this is for the year 1908. Uh, is this into 1909? Yeah, no. As far as I'm aware, this is just uh, 1908. Um, and it is a British magazine, um, so that would be the Edwardian period for us. Um, so pre World War One, uh, but after the end of the Victorian age, Gilded Age. Yeah, <laughs> topical. Um, I mean, topical now, not so much when this comes out in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> For future reference of people who are definitely going to be binge listening to this podcast, we're talking about the Met Gala. And the year is 2022. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Let's start with behind-the-scenes stage gossip and stories of the week, weekending July the 2nd, 1908. Um, We have got a picture of the very glamorous Miss Fanny Ward. Um, I'll put some pictures of this book up on the Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, She's got a lot of foliage in her hair. And... According to this article, Miss Fanny Ward, who created a sensation as Kitty in The Marriage of William Ash at Terry's Theatre, possesses the most lovely diamonds possible, which are the mighty envy of all the female hearts in the theatre. This fascinating little actress was born at St. Louis in the United States and is thoroughly American. She also claims Scotch blood as her real name is Buchanan. Uh, then there's some things about... I love this description. It sounds like a dating profile. <laughs> I know. It's just... I love this style of writing at this time. Yeah, so it, uh, there's a bit about different things that she's appeared in. Oh, and then we have... Five years after that, she married Mr. J. Lewis and left the stage for a while. But she could no longer resist the footlights, and she returned last June to the stage to appear in The Bishop's Carriage at the Waldorf Theatre. When I am not acting, she said, my favourite pastime is going to see other plays and other actresses. I adore my work and have no interests apart from it. Well, good for you, Miss Fanny Ward. Still sounds like a dating profile. I don't care that she's married. It's just Fanny Ward looking for people to have an affair with. Convinced. Uh, through <laughs> doing it through the papers. That is that is next level. Um, oh, there is also an a little um piece on Miss Ethel Smith, the foremost woman composer. Um, who? Oh, there's an interesting little bit in this. Um that kind of describes the political climate of the time. Um, So it talks about her. She's written an opera called The Wreckers, uh, which was recently performed um, in 
in in Britain. Um, and every foreign critic has praised its musicianship, its originality, and its complete freedom from Wagnerian influence. <laughs> Indeed, Miss Smith frankly dislikes Wagner, although in England she has been accused of having to succumb, having succumbed to his influence. She hopes someday to be allowed the opportunity of telling the public how she produced her other opera, Der Wald, at Berlin during the Boer War, when Anglophobia was at its height. Um, I mean, I would like to read that story. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it is, it is an interesting story. Um, and I like stuff like this because it does, it provides some, like, information about, like, general kind of social political climate during the time, just through the lens of... A whole bunch of other like more domestic stuff um because like i mean it's during the boer war when britain was very unpopular um like especially in europe because you know i mean for good reason like <laughs> that was the war in which like we kind of invented concentration camps but um yeah and people were mad about it so there you go uh what else have we got um ah there is uh, a story so these magazines would contain serial stories like many other magazines of the time mm -hmm. um like quite famously a lot of dickens books this is going back a little bit were published in serial form in magazines or periodicals um but these stories, much like in the kind of um, like weekly magazines today, um, are like a bit lighter. So this story is called the Marquis's Marquis. How he's a marquis, mm -hmm. and it's his garden party. Okay. Is it Marquis the Marquis's garden party or the Marquise's garden party or the Marquesses I would assume Marquise because you don't normally pronounce okay. the S. Yeah, but there is an S. But I'm so French. uncultured. I don't even know how to pronounce Marquises. <laughs> okay. Well, it's called the, the Marquise Garden Party. <laughs> um, and it is, in fact, about a lovely, modest young lady who catches the eye of a Marquis. Um, and ends up being the Marquis S. Don't know what it is. I don't really know what a Marquis is either. But I, mean, um... I could not tell you. <laughs> There's too but... many titles, and we should just abolish the whole concept of gender. Yeah, I'm not sure what he is, but he's very rich. <laughs> <laughs> and there are illustrations um, with people in some lovely costumes, um, and our heroine. Monica Chain, who is a doctor's daughter, and her father is very anti-aristocracy, which is played for laughs. Um, well, of course, what a ridiculous <laughs> thing to hold. Uh, and yes, hilarity ensues, um, and m romantic misunderstandings uh, when her father finds out the young man that, that she's interested in is a member of the upper classes. Uh, but of course, all's well that ends well. It's basically like a an Edwardian rom com. I mean, I do kind of want to read this now. <laughs> I have read it a few times over the years. It's it's quite it's quite amusing. Um, we've got fashion section. So particularly, there's like patterns for children. There are patterns that are being advertised. So there's like a feature on these patterns with illustrations. Um, I think they are being sold by the magazine company, like you can send off for them. Um, and then they also have a free pattern in each issue as well, um, which you, like it's quite small, Obviously, because it's printed it's in the magazine. Mm -hmm. So I assume you're meant to just like copy it and and draft. Like I don't know, it gives you the the measurements. I think so. I think you're just meant to draft it like and copy it yourself. And manually scaling it up. 
Yeah, basically. Okay. Um. So yeah, we've got some uh, some charming costumes for tiny children, aged two to four years. Um. They've got some very silly hats on. <laughs> oh, it's it's the era of silly hats. <laughs> it is indeed. And we have an article on the use and abuse of pins. A common insignificant pin is an article that all women use and many abuse. How often <laughs> one hears the remark, that so-and-so is such an untidy person, her clothes are literally pinned on. Now the fault lies not in pinning the clothes, but by allowing people to see the pins. And that then goes on to tell you how best to pin your clothes <laughs> together, put your hats on. Um, and uh, I, this is quite an interesting point. I think it tells you that um, you can pin on all your trimmings. So like if you have an evening dress, you can pin all the trimmings on um, and then that saves you like, like having to um, have more clothes because you can just retrim the same one and you know it works for all sorts of events and it will look like a different dress so you know and i guess also like if you want to clean if you want to launder the lace say you can do that separately to the rest of the garment give it different treatments yeah exactly um so yeah i think a lot of people are doing this because again this isn't an upper class magazine it's a middle class magazine so like people aren't that rich and they are going to make it want to look like they have more clothes mm -hmm. um when in fact they have maybe a few really nice dresses which you know is still like more than the average person is gonna have but um uh we've got some adverts always good Oh, we love a vintage advert. We do. Uh, I will also put some pictures of these up on the Twitter. Uh, <laughs> there's one that is just, people are thirsty, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, in large letters. <laughs> and I'm not it's sure. What is it? Oh, people are thirsty. Turn it to profit by making and selling non-intoxicating beer made up from Mason's extract of herbs. <laughs> Because I smell like squash. Uh, I guess <laughs> you can make it for tuppence a gallon. Figure that out. Sixteen half pint glasses. At any rate, make it to drink yourself. It's the best non-alcoholic drink in town. Send one penny stamp for booklet hints on brewing. So basically, it's an Edwardian pyramid scheme. <laughs> That's spectacular. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, so yeah, there's adverts for that, I guess. We've got personal washing powder, uh, we've got Pearson's disinfectants, we've got some med medicine adverts. Uh, Dr. Hommel's Hematogen, the only safe tonic for children and adults. A London physician, physician writes, I have pleasure in stating that I found Hommel's Hematogen, a most valuable tonic in the case of children during convalescence of their many ailments. It's literally the one working medicine, is their claim. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, free, absolutely free. To introduce our illustrated, illustrated catalogue, we give this handsome gold wire friendship ring absolutely free. Free gifts. Oh my goodness. <laughs> free Only gifts. Kids magazines that do that these days, bring it back. <laughs> I know. Oh, you do have to send a half penny stamp to them so they can send it to you. <laughs> I just I'm I'm greatly enjoying the combination of brands I've heard of with just absolute nonsense. <laughs> there is there is some wild stuff in here, but also yeah, it's interesting to to see the long running brands. The personal slogan is "No toil, only boil." <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I like that. You don't you don't need to actually wash the clothes. You just make them hot with soap and it'll sort <laughs> itself out. Yeah, which is also, I guess, yeah, it's the comparison of like, I'm used to just putting parcel in a washing machine and not having to boil my laundry, but there you go. You don't have to toil or boil. No! <laughs> uh, oh, I like this one. Ladies. Do you know that The Grand Magazine is the best all-fiction magazine, and good fiction too? There is none to equal it. July number on sale now, price four and a half pence. Arrival Magazine. Like, I absolutely understand why advertising standards are a thing, but I also love vintage adverts that are just like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> I, yeah. me wrong. I do kind of like when they make like these hyperbolic claims. <laughs> Our product is the greatest thing you have ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> oh gosh. Um they've got uh so this section is called the roundabout pages, and it's just like little like jokes and games and just like little tricks and things um yeah there's one a a capital match trick um telling you how to do a trick with 12 matches um have you attempted the match trick no i haven't i'll give it a go things i did bread and thread back on the next episode uh went We've got a little bit of like wisdom about um, predicting the weather based on the colour of the sunset. Okay, that's a classic. Yeah. Um, aww, I like this little bit. Think of the birds in your garden in dry weather and place shallow tins of water for them to drink from. Oh. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Um, there's a couple of puzzles. Um, then we've got Aunt Hilda's letter, uh, which is for the children. My dear little sunbeams. <laughs> Strong start. In a few weeks' time, you will be going away for your holiday, some to the seaside, others to the country. And I can just imagine how much you're looking forward to a simply lovely time. That's optimistic. Oh! Oh, here we are. Now, doesn't it seem strange to think that holidays are quite a new idea? Why, when our grandmothers and grandfathers were little sunbeams, folks seldom even thought of holidays. Dear me, I really do not think I should like to have lived then, would you? I mean, she's right. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) All right, I'll give it to Aunt Hilda. Yeah, I I support Aunt Hilda. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't think you will in a minute because oh, like oh no. the, the next bit of Aunt Hilda's page is clever young colonials oh god um, <laughs> which is about um, it's, it's a competition for um, children living in the British colonies it is 1908 mm-hmm. so you know there's a bit of this and a bit of that <laughs> Uh, I am curious what the competition is for. Is it bad? Um, let me see. Uh, she's waffling on a bit about like home notes having to be exported abroad. Uh, oh, they had to write a short essay called "A Day in My Life." So, like, guess it's not too bad. It's not too bad, but some of the things they're going to be writing about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, it's just... I would love to read some essays from small children <laughs> living the colonial life. Yeah. I'm so curious what they would be like. Uh, we've got How to Tame Birds. Uh... Ah, yes, we are in the Everyone Wants... Of a wild bird in their house, especially if it's brightly coloured. Period, aren't we? Are we? 
Pet birds were like a fad at this point, I think. I did not know that. <laughs> wow, what's the fashion? Birds. Uh, well, they, they probably ran out of interesting fads by that point. Maybe so. Um, Eiffel Tower bun flower? Oh, sorry? I'm having to double check now. I'm, I'm questioning myself. Oh, well, no, it, it, it definitely sounds like a thing the Edwardians would do. Uh, hints for holiday makers. Uh, we have an advert for cake flower called Cakeoma. Cakeoma? Yes. Cakeoma is a cake flower of the finest quality containing all the dry ingredients required for a cake mixed and ready for use. What a novel concept. It saves the time, trouble and difficulty of weighing and mixing and makes any cake and many puddings. Many puddings. That's fun. I didn't realise convenience food was such a, like... Like, I know fast food was a thing, mm -hmm. but I feel like convenience food is a, a different category. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, just like anything labour-saving, I think, is probably going to be popular. Uh, Toothache and neuralgia cured instantly by Bunter's Nervine. <laughs> Bunter's Nervine. Bunter's Nervine. <laughs> Does it say what's in Bunter's Nervine? Is it just opioids? It doesn't. There's just a picture of a pretty young lady with toothache. <laughs> oh no, get her some Nervine. <laughs> oh. Um... <laughs> Ricketts, little little piece on uh, what Ricketts is. I mean, that probably would have been a problem at that point. Yeah. Oh. Oh no. Oh, this is bad. Go on. There's there's an advert for asbestos lined iron. Why? The brand name is Asbestos? Oh no! Terrible. Did you ever stop to think that the blistering, sweltering discomfort of using the ordinary iron is because it leaks heat? Because so much heat rises up against your hand instead of being all concentrated upon the goods that you are ironing. Just look over your heated iron against the light and see the hot flames rising from it. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The asbestos sad iron has an asbestos lined cover which is placed over the iron proper. This bottles up the heat and confines it to the spot where it's needed. Oh, good. Right. Well, let's move on. I have found the ingredients of Bunter's Nervine. Amazing. Please tell me. Um creosote. I don't know exactly what that is. Um kind of a wood tar that's okay. sometimes used as an antiseptic. Okay. That doesn't sound great to like inhale. Um camphor. Okay. Which Sure, not too bad. Um, shows up in modern cough preparations, as does balsam of tolu, which is also an ingredient. Mm -hmm. And then alcohol and chloroform. Oh, I mean, I guess that will make you feel some kind of way that will distract you from pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, patent medicines. Oh. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, if I was... Like, if it was 1908 and I had a toothache, 
I feel like there are worse options I could go for. Yeah, to be fair. I mean, there's always tying your teeth to a string and tying the other hand to the door handle. While I was trying to find the ingredients, I did also find a vintage, like, um, almost like a metal poster. Those used to be a, a thing for advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, the tag, there's a couple of taglines on it, but one of them was saves extraction. Because I oh. get just two out of it on alcohol and chloroform to think maybe I should have this tooth removed. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I've just come across an advert for hose sauce. And yes, that is HOE. Okay. Once try hose sauce, know its flavour, taste test its appetizing properties, and no other will satisfy you. <clears throat> so there's that. Uh Every woman should possess a copy of our book entitled The Woman's Friend and Medical Advisor. It is acknowledged by thousands to be the best book ever written. (laughs) Wow, you really went... I'm guessing that they have no evidence of this. (laughs) You really weren't joking about those claims. (laughs) Okay, and then here we have some recipes. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, we've got grilled place and anchovy butter. Um, we've got ham and egg salad. All good, all good. We've got croute or pot, uh, which is a kind of soup, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we have got mock duck. What is mock duck made of? Well, if you are wanting to impress your guests but you might not quite have the budget for duck here's what you can do uh required calf's liver yeah calf's liver two or three ounces of unsmoked bacon two onions tablespoonful of chopped sage three rashes of pork pepper and salt half an ounce of flour so it's just a whole bunch of other meats i mean it sounds nice I enjoy some liver and bacon. Yes. Scald doesn't one. sound like it would taste like duck. No, it doesn't. Is it supposed to look like duck? I don't know. Uh, scald one lobe of a calf's liver. When cold, lard it with strips of unsmoked bacon. Fry two onions in a stewpan with one ounce of dripping. Place the liver in it, nearly cover it with stock or water, throw in a tablespoonful of sage, etc, etc, simmer all till tender. Probably this will be two hours. Place okay, the... so it's a liver that's been <laughs> boiled to death. Place the liver. Bacon so it looks kind of like how you'd serve a duck breast? I think so, because it says you're supposed to mould it carefully into the shape of a duck. Thicken the gravy with flour, add burnt sugar colouring, and pour over sufficient to make the quote-unquote duck look well. Garnish with green peas. I feel like you'd be disappointed biting into that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess it's just meant to make it look like duck, but just taste, you know, meat. It's it's just meat. I mean, the the brown... the burnt sugar sauce thing, though, that's legit. Okay. Well, it it's you get it in um, Caribbean food sometimes. It's called browning. Uh huh. And that's that's basically what it is. Ooh, okay, that's pretty good. It's quite nice. <laughs> uh, we've also got chocolate bavaraz, bavaroy, bavaraz. What is this? Some kind of... Some kind of set custard, I think. Yeah. Got gelatine in it. Okay. Uh, 
We've got a gooseberry gatto, which sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm into uh, that. We've got a delicate tomato savoury involving tomatoes, chicken livers, parmesan cheese, breadcrumbs, chopped shallots, shallots and sherry. So it's not too bad recipe-wise. Yeah, like, it's, I guess, as like, fairly average, like, mix of recipes you would expect in a domestic magazine. Yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed, I'll be honest. I guess mm. we're simultaneously too late and too early for, for the really wacky stuff. <laughs> uh, there is a whole page advert for Woodward's Gripe Water which for three generations has nourished and strengthened infant vitality um Oh, and the magazine is selling miniature portraits of famous people. Okay. <laughs> Pearson's beautiful coloured miniatures, neatly mounted in the form of pendants, brooches, pins, or bangle charms. They're selling merch. They're selling merch. <laughs> Oh, you can also send them your own photos. Okay. Or maybe it's just someone else called Pearson and not the magazine owner. This is confusing. Um, household hints. When ironing, rub your iron to clean it on a piece of brown paper well sprinkled with rough salt. And I can see that one working. Oh, I'm not sure about this one. Uh, perspiring hands are often a trouble to needlewomen. Uh, they should try bathing them with strong alum water. So alum as in aluminium sulfate, I think. Um, which, like, I use that as a mordant, and as far as I know, it's non-toxic, but I'm not sure I would, like, bathe in it. Uh, we've got advice on how to renovate black lace uh, to make flannelette non-inflammable. Uh, to sharpen scissors, what to do with old stockings. Uh, Sorry, I looked. I looked up the bathing in alum thing because I thought it sounded familiar. Um, it pops up on wellness blogs apparently as an alternative to using deodorant. Really? I, I don't know if it works because ah. I don't have wellness blogs. Wow. It's, it's still a thing people do. So, yeah, it's amazing that that's still a thing. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then we've got society gossip. Is that, is that different to the regular gossip? Uh, that's different to the stage and screen, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh not screen, I suppose, but the stage gossip. Um... <laughs> Master Edward George John Humphrey Cadogan, only son of Lord and Lady Chelsea and grandson of Earl Cadogan, is five years old and a small personage of great importance. <laughs> A lot of name for a little kid. That it is indeed. <laughs> Even if he is a small personage of great importance. <laughs> um, so there you go. We've got society gossip about a five-year-old. Um, <laughs> like celebrity magazines. It is, yeah. It's the celebrity pages. Um... <laughs> We've got some gossip about Miss Ethel Roosevelt, the 17-year-old daughter of the American president. Uh, ah, yes, Tumblr loves her. 
Oh, does it? What did she do? She was a bit of a tearaway. Excellent. Good for her. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, recently, during a visit to the South with her mother, she has delighted her friends and herself by acting as an amateur engine driver. Okay. <laughs> with the consent of her mother she persuaded the engine driver to let her keep him company and under his direction to pull the levers, blow the whistles etc she proved herself a courageous and intelligent pupil and proudly drove the train into Atlanta punctually to the minute it has been the jolliest hour of my life and I'm so sorry it is finished said Miss Roosevelt as she left the engine oh, she's living her best life <laughs> she is Oh. Um. oh dear, there's there's some talk about Lady Sefton who recently shot her first lion. Uh, yeah, not enjoying that. Uh, one of the prettiest and most charming of future marchionesses is Lady Kerry. I don't know what a marchioness is either. I mean, they're they're all just people whose money comes from exploiting others. <laughs> um, yeah, then it's just a whole whole bunch of other posh people. Um, oh no, we've got a little bit on Signor Bonet, Bonai, the principal tenor. Uh, in the opera house at Covent Garden, uh, who suffers from stage nervousness. The popular singer's condition is pitiable on the days he sings. He cannot eat and usually locks himself in his room and plays patience until it is time to go to the theatre, speaking to no one. Once before the footlights, with the applause of the public ringing in his ears, he becomes transformed. His voice, which before was husky and unreliable, rings out pure and true. It is under perfect control and every graduation of tone colour can be produced at will. From being a perfect wreck, he becomes joyously personified, his beaming face showing clearly what the appreciation of his audience means to him. Okay, that's kind of adorable. I love Signor Bonnet. <laughs> He is, he is the only valid person in this section. No, Ethel Roosevelt is valid. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Prince Alexander of Battenberg, etc., etc. Yes. Tsar uh, Nicholas II is expected to visit the King and Queen at Sandringham this year. Hmm. I'm sure nothing bad will happen to him. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, it's just it's weird reading this stuff with um is it dramatic irony when the audience knows something that the characters don't? I believe so. Yeah. It's 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 weird reading this when you know what happens. Yeah, it's it's always an odd one with history, I think, just reading someone, either reading about someone or reading someone make a prediction and just being there like, so about that. Yeah, I think it's as well because this is so, this is quite immersive because it's just like very domestic and like social and it kind of it kind of has you in the mindset of like someone who's just chilling, reading a gossip magazine, <laughs> like in 1908. And then you remember that you, you know what happens to this <laughs> historical figure. Um, oh, there's an article on famous women balloonists. Now that balloon ascents are the craze with fashionable women. Are they? Apparently. 
It is interesting to recall that the smart woman of today is but following the example of some equally tearing of her sex many years ago. Um, <laughs> Madame Blanchard was the first lady professional and from 1805 to 1819. She held first place in the annals of aerial navigation. She was born an aeronaut and died in a balloon. Wow. There we go. Um, Miss Stocks was an English girl who commenced her experience of the balloon ascents by nearly being the victim of a fatal accident. Uh, Miss Stocks happily recovered from her injuries and was undaunted enough to make many more ascents. Well done, Miss Stocks. Sure. Should girls marry their first love? Apparently, yes, you should, according to this, because you might not get another offer. <laughs> wow. I feel like that is maybe the note to end the episode on. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I said this was going to be short, but honestly, I could go all day with this. Um... But there you go. That is the kind of things that are contained within the pages of this magazine. And I hope you enjoyed it. Um, so yes, we, we do not have merch like this magazine, but we do have a Patreon. Um, you can find us at Bread and Thread if you want access to a Patreon-exclusive Discord, as well as monthly recipes. And at the £10 a month or above level, we will make a bonus episode on any subject that you want, be it within our normal purview or not. We also have a Twitter at Bread and Thread where you can find uh, teasers for upcoming episodes, pictures of things we talk about on the podcast, um, anything that we think is interesting. Um, and we are also Bread and Thread on YouTube, where you can find audio, um, YouTube audio-only versions of the podcast, because some people prefer that. Uh, we're also on Tumblr, posting and reblogging various relevant things, um, occasionally chatting to people. We, you can send us an ask on there, or if you want to request an episode uh you can also message us or make a request uh by emailing bread and thread podcast at gmail.com i think that's it i think that is it uh thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next time okay.